I guess this comes back to the Shakespeare thing, like know thine to thine own self be true, right? And I didn't think you'd be quoting Shakespeare. Neither did neither did I. And we only have twenty <laughs> minutes. If you guys missed that, we're cutting these down to twenty minutes. You got Shakespeare in, in twenty minutes, man. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. Start the timer? Yeah, start the timer. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and I've got a new friend named Yanni. I'm Jay, and I guess I got a new friend named Yanni, too. We both do. We'll tell you about him in a second. Shout out to Yanni. Shout out to Yanni. We're the co-founders of the Community Location Indie, all about the freedom to travel and the lifestyle. You can learn more at locationindie.com. This is a community of location-independent travel lovers um, just coming together to help each other out, and you can learn more over there. Yanni is the gentleman who was our Uber driver. We're sitting here in the Denver sessions for our location. City, city park sessions, right? City park sessions or location indie Denver experience. We're doing community gathering here with members of location indie IRL. And we're continuing these sessions live. Travis and I are laying across from each other here in this park with ducks all around us. And actually pheasants I guess and we got dropped off here by Yanni and it was only his second time driving somebody in an Uber it's his very first day and Yanni is a 65 year old Greek I guess I don't know if he's a grandpa he said his kids are like 30s so he could be a grandpa I'm just gonna pretend he's a grandpa because if not he'd make a great grandpa (sighs) and Yanni dropped us off and we, we had a great discussion with him he was funny he was cool he we kind of talked about why he was driving uber he had had a restaurant in denver for like 30 years and then he retired this and that but when we got out of the uber what was interesting and jay had no idea i've been thinking about this over the last couple weeks and i'll tell you why i've been thinking about this specific topic but you had no idea i was thinking about this but you asked me a question yeah well first i you were telling me about visiting Uber's headquarters. Sure. How big it was and how many people they had. It's like 3,000 people. And right. we, we kind of were like, isn't it crazy that 3,000 people, more than that, but just at their headquarters in San Francisco, were like, they're all making sure this little car drove across the screen on the Uber app. Right. It's just, it's this giant corporation and they're managing some digital app, essentially. Well, we all know there's a lot of real world stuff going on, but um, it's crazy. And then I turned to Trav and I said, as we were trying to find our perfect podcasting spot here by the lake, I said, would you ever want to run a company that big or be responsible for a company that grows that big? And I said, no. But interestingly enough... I, not so long ago, would have said, hell yes. And because about three years ago, I was sitting talking to our friend, Matt Geo, who we're going to see out here in Denver because he lives in Boulder. And, you know, I had this idea. And at that point, I was thinking of, of like building it, of building an app that now exists, Jetto. But I was just talking to him about this idea of the startup world and how so many people were getting so much money for, for their projects. You know, and they were going through, you know, Y Combinators and all these startup schools and they were going to investors and they were just getting 
millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I knew a few people had gone through some of these that I had on my podcast with ideas that I didn't think were actually that great. I mean, they're okay, but they certainly weren't revolutionary. We're not talking about an Airbnb Uber. or an Uber yeah. or, you know, these things that are really just these unicorns, essentially. Um, just, you know, at a lower level. The word people, is disruptors. Disruptors. And instead, it was just people with some with regular ideas, same as kind of like I had the idea with Jetto, and I had a bunch of other ideas too, as, as probably a lot of you listening have, and Jay, you have had ideas. And I just thought, well, why wouldn't I try to go on the startup world? Like, I could get millions and millions and millions of dollars to get this started. Like, this sounds great. I think we're going to look back at the startup world a lot like we look back at some of the titans of the early 20th century, you know, these Rockefellers and people like that. It's, I think there's going to be certain people in the startup world who are, who are those people. Um, and it's certainly an interesting age. And I thought, well, why would I want to do that? My buddy Matt looks at me, he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like that would be so cool. You're the head of a startup. Like, you know, in an ego trip way, it's cool. Right. And like, these are people who are building all these new industries. And then you go into another startup and blah, 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 blah. And he just looked at me, he's thought, he's like, yeah, but you love to travel. Like, yeah. So he's like, well, imagine if you had to dedicate the next five years of your life to one idea, which is hard enough, right? But also an idea that probably puts you in San Francisco or somewhere, Austin, you know, somewhere like that. And you had to focus just on that idea. And instead of building that idea, you're managing 20, 30, 40 people who were putting your idea to fruition, but you weren't you know, you were a little more removed from it now because you were the face of it and you had to find the right people and do all that stuff. And just was going on and on and on about like the realities of the startup world, which I guess I knew, but not really. And I sat back and You hadn't like, you hadn't really visualized yourself actually in it in a day-to-day environment. No, I just thought it would be awesome to be the founder of a startup and have an app on someone's phone and be like, yeah, that's me. And, you know, of course have money to be able to throw at a problem that, you know, stuff could get done really quick as it does in the startup world. That I was that romanticized notion. And then when I started thinking about the nuts and bolts and Matt was talking about, I, I actually stepped back and thought, wow, no, I, that would suck. Well, or, you're also, or it wouldn't you're also, be where I want to be right now. You're also be beholden to investors. Investors. So you're essentially creating an office job for yourself and bosses. I've talked about this in my podcast recently. It's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be that way because we're thinking from a lifestyle business perspective. So you would do the same thing if you were building a startup. So it is possible that you could still have that. Matt's taking, I think, the traditional look at it. Right. Whereas if you're wanting to design it around your travels, people work remotely all the time. You look at a company like Buffer, some of those bigger startups, they do it and they're still working remotely. So it doesn't mean it's not possible, but there's a certain level of responsibility that comes with taking millions of dollars from other people and having to answer to that and being the one who's the head of it right Right. like that's a bit different than being like oh i work for buffer i work remote i'm just i'm an employee i'm a remote remote employee oh no i'm the the founder or the ceo or whatever you want to call it that takes on a much different role and i was just in austin texas actually and this kind of nailed home the point that i wouldn't want to be what i thought i wanted to be three years ago i wouldn't want to be that i met with a, a guy um, when they first started, their startup is called Proof. When they first started, they had three people working on it. And that was a year and a half ago, maybe. Maybe two years ago. They got into Y Combinator. They have all this funding. 
the, the guy's like, yeah, we have an awesome office on 6th Ave down here in Austin. We're trying to hire one person every two weeks. We have 30 employees now. We want to get to like 60 by the end of the year. Blah, 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 blah. We have whiskey happy hours every Friday. I'm like, oh, where? He's like, oh, in our office. Like we just all, you know, at five o'clock, hang out, have some whiskey talk. I'm like, okay, that kind of sounds cool, but also kind of sucks because I don't want to have a whiskey happy hour every Friday because I don't want to be working till five every Friday if I don't want to. (laughs) So like this, he was really passionate about it and he was really excited about it. And this company could become a billion dollar company. And I, I would be very happy for those people who started it. But I just, you know, everything he was telling me, you know, we got Teslas, like our company has Teslas and this and that and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I just, my mind was racing, but in that bad way of like, whoa, this is overwhelming. I don't want that in my life. I want it to be much simpler than that. Yeah, I think there's an exception for me when it comes to this, because I I agree with you for the most part. But I think, I'm sure, unequivocally, actually, if... I had an idea and I needed to go through all that. Everything that you just described, not the Teslas and the, you know, that stuff, but I'm talking about just getting investors and building, you know, bigger business and stuff like that. I think the only thing that would put me on that path would be something that I created that I knew was going to be able to change the world in a way that, you know, gets people water. Or, you know, something that's bigger than you, not not just like some app that, you know, gives you coupons or something like that, sure. but something that is is helping people in a very real direct way and, a, and in a measurable way, then I think I could, I could bear that responsibility knowing, hey, okay, this is something I'm building. Yeah, that we're hiring a new person every week and all that sounds overwhelming if it's just a random idea, but if it's something that's making such a big impact that it's bigger than me. And I think, you know, everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Sure. I would take on that role if I needed to. Probably not embracing it. Well, I think that's an interesting point because you can get to, so you can get to that point. And, And kind of the way I look at my life is hopefully getting to a point where I can do projects that are much, much bigger than me, but not getting there in the traditional startup way of like, oh my gosh, you're going from zero to a hundred in, in right, an instant right. and stuff is crazy and you're giving up your life, but saying, Hey, I want to build stuff that has the potential to financially allow me to grow, to go into another project. Like for, you know, for example, a lot of what you're talking about with the charity aspect, I think there's a lot of ways to do that as an entrepreneur of a smaller company that then you grow into that role. So right. now you might take on an aspect where you are a leader of 30, 40, 50 people, but it, it didn't happen overnight and it wasn't at the like mercy of giving up your life for X amount of years. Right. It's a slower burn. You can get there. You don't have to be a part of the startup world to get there. It's, it's like you've developed stuff and a lifestyle. And for me, I know develop the balance because it's hard to develop a balance as an entrepreneur, let alone I can imagine as an entrepreneur who's taking people's money, who's hiring so many people, who has like that pressure of a startup on them. And almost in my mind, later in life, see it as a natural progression. And I think we're talking about size matters here. You know, we now have in Denver, our whole team with us. And there's Casey and there's Lily and there's Tiffany and there's Mike and Nathaniel's coming to meet us. Um, And we have Andrew's doing the tech stuff. So we have six people working with us in various capacities, none of them full time. So we do have a team, but it's grown slowly 
and grown out of necessity, not like, oh, we're hiring because we have this funding and we're trying to kind of fast track it. One of the reasons why I want to talk about this is it's not something you have to keep in mind all the time. But again, we're talking about lifestyle business and building the business around your lifestyle. As Trav mentioned earlier, once he visualized, once he, I'm he, I'm saying like you're not here, you're right, right across from me. Once you um, started going through this process mentally and understanding what that all meant and how that was going to impact your personal lifestyle, and like, wait a minute, that's not what I need. I don't care about owning Teslas and you know impressing the startup world and being a part of that world. And let's face it, any world I think that you go into and startup world included has its own sort of subculture and things going on and um you know maybe some of those things are are things that you don't agree with and maybe you can go into those world and not do those things and many people do um but it's just good i guess this comes back to the shakespeare thing like know thine to thine own self be true right and i didn't think you'd be quoting shakespeare neither did neither did i and we only have 20 (laughs) minutes if you guys missed that we're cutting these down to 20 minutes you got shakespeare in in 20 minutes man yeah i just think it's natural when you start something to think automatically oh it's going to have to be this huge thing where we're saying hey it it doesn't have to be this huge thing if, if you don't want it to be it's up to you and people there are people out there i don't know how they do it but they're they don't they're just one person and they run seven figure businesses right and that's possible too so this maybe comes down to also the question of how much do you need how much do you want you know it's not everyone what do you want to sacrifice i don't want to be a billionaire i don't want right. to be a billionaire i mean right and what's that book that we both read that you recommended to me and i forgot and then read it and how told to you get you rich felix dennis how to get is? rich felix dennis and great book took, yeah and he was never made it to a billionaire i think like you know, oh, poo poo. He only got had a hundred and eight hundred and fifty million. Eight hundred and fifty yeah. million, I think, is what he capped out at. And his whole book, the book is great because he talks about anyone he knows who gets to that level. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, crazy rich. He said has given up a lot to get there. Has given up marriages, family, you know, friends. He's just brutally honest He's about brutally what it honest takes. Of what to, it takes. Yeah. And he almost says that anyone could get there. You know, within reason, he said, like, honestly, a lot of people could get here, but they're not willing to make these sacrifices. And that's good. Like he even said, if I had to do it all over again, looking at it from a perspective of someone who's given up, you know, he had multiple wives, said he didn't have great relationships with his kids for a while. Got sucked into drugs. Yeah. And- I mean, he said, I would not ever shoot for this again. I would try to make. You know, I forget the number he said. He said, uh, and he, he kind of said he could do it easily, and maybe he could. It's like, I would try to make 20 to $40 million and then lead the life that I wanted to lead versus trying to get crazy rich. Now, 20 to $40 million seems crazy <laughs> to us, and it is, but the idea is the same on a different scale. When you talk of, you know, my vision of the startup was, oh, I wanted to do it because I wanted to be famous, popular, and I wanted to make a lot of money. And of course, the overarching thing was I wanted an idea that I had to come to fruition. But there's ways to have your idea come to fruition, still have a good lifestyle, still make good money, you know, have all that, maybe not have the ego trip and the pomp and circumstance, which I've learned I don't really want to that degree anymore anyway, um, and get to lead the life that you really, really want. And, And a lot for me is like, taking more time off, not working as hard and getting to travel and getting to do fun things like this thing in Denver. If you haven't read it yet, I would recommend Ego's The Enemy by Ryan Holiday. 
which is a book I just finished that's great and touches on a lot of the stuff that you uh, you just talked about. And he really just talking about the focus of the work being important and it doesn't have to come with the ego. And I'm, I'm a firm, I guess, believer in that philosophy and I try to embrace that philosophy myself. Um, and, and this kind of leads to my next point. And I know we're getting short on time here as we're doing 20 minute sessions 20 minutes. here in, in Denver, trying to experiment with this. Four 20 minute sessions. Travis and I are actually experimenting with being more concise with our words. Go figure. Um, I, I think what you said before about when we're talking about the charitable aspect and you said kind of that it, it, it can grow, it can be a slow burn was the term that you used. Um, when we talk about size matters, it, it's a delicate balance too because you don't want to be so hard that I would never want that. You know, you're closing yourself off. You're maybe telling the universe, okay, you're never going to want that. You're not going to ever have anything like that where you might have to embrace some of that to grow things and to make a bigger impact. And, um, you know, maybe you're not going to make a the impact or we're not going to make the impact where we're going to get to, you know, feed or clothe or get water to 50 billion, um, 50 million people or whatever around the world. But we're trying to make our own impact here in, in the location dependent space. Right. So if we tell ourselves, Hey, it's just going to, we don't want to do any more than just Travis and I, and we're going to do everything and we're never going to want to get bigger because we don't want to make more responsibility. We're not going to be able to impact as many people. Right. So you have to get uncomfortable too. This whole size matters idea is great when you're thinking in extremes, but there are nuances in there that I think need to be addressed. And I think no matter how small or big you, I guess big would be a different thing, but no matter how small you want to stay or if some, if you don't want certain responsibilities, but it's going that way. And you know, by embracing these new responsibilities, even though they're scary and you're growing bigger than you thought you would, you're impacting more people, you're serving more people and you're, you're helping people and you're challenging yourself, then embrace that next size up. Don't be afraid to go there and don't totally shut it off just because, uh, you said at one point, Hey, I only want to be this big. Some, some things they just like this community, it takes on a life of itself. You know, we're bringing people together now and there's more people to serve. So we need to bring more people to help out and we just have to do what we have to do. Even if it might make us uncomfortable because we need to serve these people the best way possible. So Definitely. just as an, an example from our personal situation, one, that's an interesting point that you bring up and it, and it kind of hits home to me because just at TravelCon, that, uh, the conference I was just at, I was talking to a, a cool lady who had just built an app. So we started nerding out about apps because she had heard I built one. I had heard her. She had built one. So at the last day, we, we decided to like hang out and we were talking and she says to me, she's like, so, you know, blah, 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 where are you at in your app? I'm like, oh, it's launched. It's on the app store, this and that. She's like, oh, okay. Are you, are you have funding, this and that? And I was like, no. Like, because again, That's that disgusting. idea that I didn't want to be a startup, <laughs> I'm like, funding? Like, no, it's just two of us. Like, I'm doing the marketing and I had the idea and then Nikki, my business partners, did all the tech and she's like, Really? Well, like, are you going to try to get funding? Uh, what about like a friends and family round? And I was like pretty disgusted right off because I'm like, you know, that whole idea. I'd, sh I'd gone the other way and be like, no, 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 I don't want anything like that. And then but then like you just brought up and then I did start thinking, I'm like, well, what if we I, I, I probably wouldn't do it in the tech world way. Like, I don't even know what a friend. I mean, I guess I can figure out what a friends and family round is. But what does that even mean? Right. right. Like I was just so put off by she's like, oh, we have all these investors. We have 25 people working full time. Our app's not out yet. And I'm just thinking like, dude, that that overwhelms me. Right. You, you have all these people working. You have all this money. You haven't even put it out yet. We got it out. 
again, we're not better. Ours was very lean and does not as much as her app is going to do, but ours is already out. Like, you can download well, Jetto right now. Well, I would right say now. in a sense you are because you have something that's profitable and it's only two of you and you own 100% of it. Well, to right. To me, that's better. <laughs> and, and it is in my mind too, but, but the idea is like, you know, could hers potentially become much bigger? Yes. Is, so should we consider, now that it's out, and maybe, you know, I don't know what the next step is, but you're right. I shouldn't say right off the bat, no way, no how. It's like, all right, you've got it out. Maybe there is like stuff Chris you is can buzzing us out. Chris is buzzing us out. You can hear the timer. But you're right. Don't be afraid. Don't shut off a door completely. I did. And then later that day, I thought, or the next day, like, all right, Trevor, that's maybe not I a- should have talked to her about that. Yeah, I mean, we more. did. Maybe yeah. I'll follow up or maybe I'll figure out what she even means. Or maybe I will, like, just at least peer into this idea because there is stuff we want to do that with two people we can't really do. Right. So. Right. And uh, this was an, an interesting discussion because it kind of went in, in all directions. I, I think coming out of this, you, the listener, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to come in. Maybe you're going to, now you're maybe torn between these two worlds or whatever you're thinking. I would say, uh, to sum it up, Again, going back to the lifestyle business, what kind of that, what does that daily life look like as, as in terms of like an, a more, not not a long-term five-year goal, but as a, a, a bigger goal, but maybe a little more intermediate goal, um, just knowing yourself and kind of how you want things to be and just taking it as it goes and understanding where you want to go. Now, if you're listening and you know you want to go to 100 employees and all this stuff, well, that's great. Right. Um, good for you. Rock on. Just being aware of what you want at the moment and, and what you want in the next couple of years too and how are you going to get there. Yeah, and I think a good idea is what you touched on in the beginning is just going through that visualization process of, okay, let's get ego out of this. Let's talk about, you know, let's get the whole fancy ideas of what a startup is and everything like that. And let's just really be honest with what is the real reality of that lifestyle? What is the day-to-day like for me? What does that mean for me and my life, for my family? What am I going to have to give up in order to do that? Because again, we're lifestyle business. We're, we're building our businesses around travel, around the things we love. And it's just important to go through that exercise. So uh, Location Indie, by the way, if you're not a member, we're doing this gathering here in Denver. We're going to be doing these gatherings. and pe- Speaking of size matters, every purposefully, year. we kept it to about 30 people because we wanted Denver to be a small, intimate experience where everyone can get to know each other personally. And we talked about in our last episode, BHAG, of doing a conference that's bigger. That's another example of kind of the things that you want to you want to keep in mind. Yeah. Whether it's your business, whether it's projects, what scope do you want to hit and do you want it to grow eventually? So in Denver, we got 30 people here. We're all going to hang out. We're starting tonight with our kickoff party. It's going to be a great time. If you're not a member of the community, because that Denver experience is only open to people who are a member of the community, you can go over to locationindie.com. Join the newsletter. We only open up a few times a year to new members, so you'll be the first to know. We got a bunch of free goodies for you, even though membership is closed right now. Bunch of free goodies for you, and you'll also know when you can join. We'd love to have you inside. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. See you next time. Remember, size matters. Remember, size matters.